Hello, welcome to Flicks and Scoops, where I'm combining my passion for film and love of ice cream. Each episode I ask my guests to pick a film, I then make an ice cream inspired by the film, and then we sit around and chat about the film while we eat the ice cream. And if I didn't just say the words enough, then film and ice cream just for good measure. Up now is Jess Rose, yoga teacher extraordinaire and full-time chiller. Jess and I first met about five years ago when we were forced to work together, and now we work together for fun. Mental. It takes me ages to do stuff, so I'm speaking to you from the future, where Jess has already birthed a little potato and Jesus Rolls has been released. We'll be talking about one of my all-time favourites, The Big Lebowski. So run a bath, skin up and pour a Caucasian. I hate stating the obvious, but here's a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the film and would rather watch it before giving us a listen, then it's advisable. And even if you have seen it before, watch it again. Cause shut up, Donny. Otherwise, thanks for joining us for Flicks and Scoops, episode three. Now it's time for ice cream. And you can get it right here. All right. Episode three, Flicks and Scoops. Here with Jess, yoga teacher, sometimes employee, Sometimes boss. Tickle majesticals, it's Jess Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself, how's it going? Oh good, yeah. Um yeah, like like mentioned, my name is Jess. Um I I'm a yoga teacher. I wouldn't say you employ me. Would you go that far? <laughs> What's a try? Uh, we sometimes colleagues. work for the same company. Yeah, colleagues, colleagues is probably <laughs> good <better>. try. Not apt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and that's about it, I guess. Yeah, we met through working for a yoga website and then just kind of stuck around hassling me. We became acquaintances and uh, here we are, still acquaintances. Five years, six years later. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Jess today has chosen the Big Lebowski. Whoop! Episode three and you're already causing controversy. The earlier two, uh, you listened to them, right? I did. With Stuart. It's one of our shared favourite films. And he was pretty annoyed that, Why? that, that I did it with you. Oh, because yeah. I'm an amateur. Uh, no, no, he just, he just <laughs> wanted to talk about it, but I've, I've vetoed his choice so that I could test it out. Different ice creams, different films, that kind of oh, thing. Oh, but he wanted to do the big about. He wanted to do this, yeah. Uh, but I told him... Hey, Uh-oh. Jess has seen like two films and one of them is <laughs> The Big Lebowski, so. It's true. I guess we could add that to my bio is that I know nothing about films or TV. <laughs> like when I grew up, I wasn't allowed to watch TV. We literally no? were not allowed to. I mean, we could watch like a, an hour a week or something like this. Yeah. So we got to watch The Simpsons and then like my parents would let us watch movies at home. But it was like whatever movies they chose and it would be like pizza night so we'd order a pizza and then they would put on like Silence of the Lambs and like The Crying Game and I was like 10 (laughs) so of course I would just like... Definitely too young. (laughs) Yeah, like no awareness there but I would just like eat my pizza as fast as I could and go outside and play so that's my like history with film is like... I think it's done you okay. Trauma. Your media education. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was it like TV uh, films or did they have a VHS collection or whatever? Uh, yeah, we would rent from the local Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Remember those days? Yeah, 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 I do. Did you have Blockbuster in Yeah, the we UK? had Blockbuster. I always used to want to work in a video rental store. It was like a, 
The dream. The dream. <laughs> yeah, I think because I always wanted to be like Tarantino and just sit all day watching films. Mm. But I'm glad. You do I that anyway now, no? Uh, yeah, and I'm glad I chose this line of work because I'd have been out of a job years ago. And you never no. would have met me. Also that. Yeah. How lives could be different. <laughs> uh, well, Jess has already started eating. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pregnant brain, I think, going on there. Well, anytime I see food now, I cannot help but just put it in my mouth. <laughs> I'm nine months pregnant, so... Just, just for everyone to know. So, yeah. yeah, in keeping with the film, obviously I had to be white Russian. Jess had a few dietary requirements so that it had to be pasteurized, couldn't use eggs, all this kind of stuff. So... For a safe option, I went with a vegan coconut milk base, white Russian, with just a little bit of coffee instead of coffee liqueur, and a couple of tablespoons of cocoa, and a tablespoon of vodka, just to give it a bit of a kick. Please don't tell Ami. I didn't want to be responsible for an eraser head baby. I think for the amount I made, it's... Uh, it's a tablespoon of vodka for like a five gallon yeah. thing of ice cream. <laughs> You're not going to get crunk. Uh, <laughs> or will I? Well, who knows? <laughs> when was the last time you did drink? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> wow. But it is good. I mean, I haven't had a white Russian in a very long time. No? No. Do you like white Russians? I love white Russians, but I can't find the ingredients here in Berlin. Mm. I find it difficult to find, what is it, Kahlua? Yeah. Um, and this is, it's bringing me back. I gotta say, I'm really into it. Yeah, unfortunately not so big on the Kahlua. Did you like White Russians before seeing the film? You know, I don't think I'd ever had one before. I mean, I saw the film the first time I was in college. So, okay, no, I definitely drank before that. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think I had ever had one before I watched the film. Yeah, the same for me. Yeah. Which, I started drinking White Russians because of the film, but fortunately, it really does cater to my sweet, sweet taste buds. <laughs> it's like everything I like. It's like an alcoholic chocolate milk. Yeah. Uh, so I so look good. like a bit of a fanboy, but I do genuinely like White Russians. Um, mm -hmm. So when you saw it in college, was it, did you go to the cinema to see it or? No. This was totally like happen, happen chance. Um, that I watched the movie. Mm -hmm. I just moved in with like a, a couple new roommates, a couple dudes. This was like sophomore, so like second year of college. And I was taking like just way too many classes that semester. I remember like just being completely burnt out all the time, super stressed. And then I never had time to like cook or do anything like this. And so one day I just came home exhausted, made some ramen, sat on the couch. And then I was like flipping through one of my roommates. Uh, DVD books, you know, mm. like when people like burn a bunch of DVDs and put them in these <laughs> yeah, like yeah. plastic books and The Big Lebowski was in there. I didn't know anything about it. Like I didn't know any of the movies in there, but I put that one in and was watching it like eating my ramen. I think I was like drinking a, a High Life. What's Do you, that? you don't have no, that in the UK. Miller High Life. Oh, like a light beer is it or something? The champagne of beers. Wow. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> I think they put sugar in it. <laughs> Most likely. And yeah, it was just amazing to watch it for the first time because I was super stressed out and like in this like mental attitude of like go, 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 like 
get it done and you're in college and work really hard and like you know the whole yeah. pushing yourself to the extreme and all this stuff and and then the, here's this movie that i just like randomly popped in i hadn't watched a movie in like probably a year or something before that and it's basically like the exact opposite of this mentality and i was like oh it was such a sigh of relief you know just to have this like perspective shift like and of course there's so many movies like that like who gives a fuck or you know about bombs or like whatever the yeah. same kind of thing but uh, it really spoke to me <laughs> and why were you at college i was in kansas the university of kansas different to uh, la 1991 <laughs> yeah for sure although i feel like the trends that they had back then like made their way to kansas by the Only time i was in yeah. college so <laughs> maybe not that different <laughs> so you're lebowski yeah. Marty's told me all about you. She'll be back in a minute, sit down. Do you want a drink? Yeah, sure, white Russian. That was the first time you saw it. How many times do you think you've seen it since? Well, I'm a little embarrassed to say, but <laughs> probably I would say <laughs> like 20 times. Yeah, that's good going. <laughs> so this roommate of mine like burned me the DVD afterwards. Mm. And it was the only movie that I had for years. And yeah, anytime I was sick, I would watch it. Anytime I was in a bad mood, I would watch it. Anytime I was overwhelmed, I would watch it. Basically, I watch it a lot. Yeah, me and my uh, university housemates had similar situation with the DVD books and stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. Things are different now, obviously, with streaming. But yeah, at the time, it felt normal just to leave a DVD and um, watch it, rewatch it. I remember once I was writing an essay and I think Anchorman played seven mm. times over just on repeat just on repeat while I was trying to do this <laughs> essay and stuff. I bet it was a good essay though. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were probably a lot of uh, unbeknownst Anchorman quotes in there somewhere. Yeah. You know when you just uh, consciousness drifts off and just like typing whatever. Did you enjoy it the first time? Did you really get into it the first time? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I totally loved it. And yeah. I have to say, like, it probably immediately changed my mindset. Like, at the time that I watched it, I was I was in the orchestra getting my major in upright bass, so contrabass. Mm -hmm. And I was really struggling because there's so much math involved in getting, a, like, a music major, and I didn't realize this. It's, like, formulas, and everything's, like, oh, a shit, puzzle. Really? And, yeah, it's, like, ratios and things like that like music is super mathematical and my brain is not like that at all yeah. and yeah i was like about to flunk out of like every single class i was taking and i watched the big lebowski like probably i don't know at least a dozen times that semester and then the next semester after that i was like fuck it i'm gonna study french and so i i really think like it, it kind of like changed the trajectory that i was on uh with my school and I mean, no regrets now, but I haven't done anything with my French degree, but who knows what would have happened if I would have stayed in the orchestra. Well, it's funny because uh, we met up in Paris once, and I thought that you just, I didn't know you studied French, so I thought you'd just like taught yourself. I was very impressed. <laughs> not that I'm not impressed now, but less impressed. Thank you. <laughs> Merci. <laughs> yeah. And did you, I say get it in the loosest sense did you get the film the first time because when i first watched it i think maybe i was too young to maybe understand some of the jokes and stuff my nan had 
Sky Movies. Do you know Sky? I think they have it in Germany. It's like um, what is that? It's a cable network, Sky, and they have different things. So they have kids one movies, whatever. My nan used to have the movies ones, so I just used to uh, record everything that was on there. And this is like old school recording, so you could watch Sky downstairs. And she got a, an electrician friend of hers so that he made it so that you can watch upstairs what's on the TV downstairs. Uh-huh. And she had a VHS recorder hooked up upstairs. So I just used to leave the movies channel on downstairs to record whatever was playing throughout the day. Wow. Just sit and watch it. It's so such that, a hoarder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's like stacks of VHSs, you know, they're, they're like wow. bricks, them. So yeah. there's just drawers and drawers of these. But yeah, Big Lebowski was one of them. So I think the first time I watched it, I was maybe... I don't know, 13 wow. or something, which is, yeah. it's young. Yeah. The comedy that I was used to is not the... Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you joke, but honestly. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's entirely different. So the first time I watched it, I was just like, what is this shit? <laughs> really? Know? Yeah, because it's, there's, there's no plot. Uh, unless you get the little nuances in the dialogue and stuff, it's kind of lost. It was lost on me. I think that was a problem. Yeah. But that makes sense. Yeah. So I didn't watch it again until I was probably 16 or whatever. Uh-huh. And then watching it with friends and stuff, getting all the jokes, it definitely made a difference. I think it's a sign of a good movie if a, if a 13-year-old doesn't fully understand it, though, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Does it change when you watch it from, like, the last time you saw it? Do you find new things in it? or? Yeah, for sure. And... I mean, I just rewatched it again, like today before we sat down for this this podcast yeah. and found new stuff. And I'm still, I gotta say, after like my twentieth time watching it, I'm I'm lolling, man. That's when you know it's like it's good. There's, stuff. Yeah, there's always little bits that you forget. Yeah. Whatever. I I also watched it last night just to refresh. We could have watched it together. But, yeah, I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing to myself because, again. Going back to my nan having sky moves and stuff, I recorded Saturday Night Fever. Ooh. And it was on in the day. Mm-hmm. And I think the Big Lebowski must have been on in the day as well. So what they used to do is they used to have like a, well, for your certification, a PG-13 version of the film. So anytime oh, wow. anybody swore, mm. they would change the words. So there's one bit in Saturday Night Fever, they'd pretend to jump off the bridge and she's like... You fuckers, you fuckers. And they change it to, you fakers, you fakers. <laughs> and there's a bit in Big Lebowski that I remembered rewatching it because the first time I saw it, Walter's going on about, uh, this is what happens when you fuck someone in the ass. And they change it to something like, this is what happens when you find someone in the Alps or something. <laughs> crazy like that. It's no sense whatsoever. You bring them water, you bring them shelter, <laughs> you bring them fire. What are those uh, <laughs> Beethoven dogs called? Do you know the... Oh yeah, like a tracker thing? Yeah. The Bieber thingies? St. Saint Bernard? Oh. Is it? You know the big dogs? Yeah. They wear... Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. They wear Swiss uh, little kegs around the necks. Oh, I with know. With whiskey in it, I think it is. To go look for people in the Alps? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they send them lo- looking for lost people in the mountains. And oh, and they give them whiskey. I think, yeah, I would imagine that's so. That's cute. I think it's alcohol. Maybe it's changed now. Maybe it's something that's not so detrimental to your health. But I think Like it, this ice cream. <laughs> just a tiny bit of alcohol. I think it was supposed to uh, warm you up, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know. But... That makes sense. You don't want to get lost. 
get found, get hammered, not be able to get back down, <laughs> and, then, and then you and the dog are screwed. But I have a feeling it would make the descent a little bit easier. Possibly. If you're like just rolling, just rolling down, down, hitting trees <laughs> on the way, you're like, whatever. <laughs> you see what happens, Larry? You see what happens, Larry? This is what happens when you feed them scrambled eggs. What happens, Larry? So what made you choose this film? Well, it is my favorite movie. Yeah. And I would say all other movies in the world I've only watched one time. This one, I, I felt like maybe I could actually talk about it. Right, right. What other films have you seen? Well, Saturday Night Fever. I have watched that, and I actually really liked that one in high school. Yeah. Um, what other? Well, I watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou the other day. And being pregnant, I have to say, I've been watching a lot of stuff, but mostly just like Netflix yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. and that's like pretty hit or miss. Do you watch more films now than you used to? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I've watched two movies in one week. Which is, that's a lot. <laughs> really, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which character do you most relate to? Well, Funny. I'm going to toss that one back to you. I mean, what do you think? You've known me for five or six years now. I'm uh, curious to know. It, do you think I'm Donnie? It's a, it's a, it's Maud? A, it's a good mix, I would say. Uh, oh, interesting. I think there's definite elements of the dude there. The, the chillness. They're just going, going with the flow. Also, definite mode with oh, the yeah? whole feminism aspect. I mean, the film's quite feminist, I think. Maud's the one who highlights things about her dad embezzling money or not actually running the business properly. She's the one who like gives the proper plot points out. Yeah. It kind of revolves around Bunny with the whole kidnapping self or just on a trip, whatever. Yeah, so I think the feminist element she's got in there. Interesting. Donnie, I can see, sometimes you talk a lot of shit that nobody really gets. <laughs> <laughs> the only guy I would, I would say that... Like the I am not. the walrus line? <laughs> yeah. I totally, like, I was like, ah, yeah, that's so me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Walter, no, too aggressive, too full on. I don't know, maybe you don't know me very well, because I also see a little uh, bit yeah, of Walter really? in me. Yeah, there's definitely moments. Maybe I've been lucky enough never to experience it. I kind of want to see that Walter side now. I think, like, it would be a mix of, like, the Walter and the Maud. Like, when she gets upset about anything, you know, relating to, like, feminism or something, if she were to in the movie, and if that were to mix with Walter's, like, aggression and, like, you know, like, what about the rules and this isn't right and, like, yeah. this whole, like, moral sense, then that would be me. Or just like, but no, that's really, this is really messed up. Like, women aren't treated equally and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, yeah. this kind of stuff that comes out. Yeah, I see that, actually. I saw the post you did about the climate march last week, was it? Yeah. Tin, was it a little tin, aggro? Eh, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it, you need to be, I think, with this kind of stuff. Right. Um, so you don't see any sprinklings of the dude? Oh, I, I for sure see that. Yeah, I would say I'm mostly the dude. I would say I'm like 80% dude, for sure. Um, he kind of acts like a pregnant woman a lot of the times, you know? Just like kind of going on his whims and laying around a lot, meditating yeah. to the sound of bowling balls. And I would say I'm a mix of him and Jesus. 
I love that character so much. Uh, I think they're doing a film of it next year. No way. A spin-off. That's of amazing. I don't. Yeah, the Coens haven't written it, but apparently they gave what's his name John uh, Goodman to uh, the Turturro. G- yeah, John Turturro. They gave him the the go ahead to write and direct and stuff. No so, way. Yeah, so he's doing a spin-off of it. Oh, cool. Does he year. make movies? Does he write stuff? Yeah. He's oh. done, yeah, he's done a couple. Uh, not very good ones. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully well, he does a good job very good. with this He's one. the one with Woody Allen. Oh, I hope I hope it's good. Yeah, me too. Otherwise, it kind of taints the the legacy. Uh, yeah, a bit, doesn't it? It does. But he's such a good character. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm a little bit of of Jesus, not because he's a better ass, obviously, but just like the way he like slinks around on the on the bowling alley yeah. and like. I don't know, licking the bowling ball and stuff. Yeah, he, he struts about with quite a finesse. <laughs> yeah, and the onesie, and I just see myself in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. The hip thrusts and all that stuff. I just, yeah, I like it. Have you taken anything from the film uh, into your actual life? Like, do you walk around hip thrusting now because of that? or? Well, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, but I definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I've I've integrated the philosophy of the Big Lebowski into my life. Um, and I think people that really resonate with this film, they have, like, that predisposition, you know? They're, like, the type that they're, like, looking for something to kind of justify the laziness in them or, like, the not giving a fuck or... Uh, yeah, it's like a, a real justification of like this life is really messed up and there's going to be ups and downs and you know, if you just kind of sit back and relax about everything, you realize that everything is just a shit show and none of it matters. Like every individual circumstance has no like is not what you think it is. It's completely empty. And then you find out later that everything that you thought was right was wrong. And so it's a really nice movie in that way where you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, all the stuff that comes up, you can just be like, fuck it. Yeah. The dude abides. Yeah, that's one of the things that I quite like about it is the, the futility of yeah. it, I think. One of my favorite scenes in it is when he goes to Jackie Treehorn's place. Oh, that's so good. And uh, he sees him write a note, and it's pretty much the one time in the film where he has a good idea. Where he's just, <laughs> and then he goes to scribble the thing, and it's just a guy laughing with a dick. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm quite a big Hitchcock fan, and there's a scene in North by Northwest where Cary Grant does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody writes on a piece of paper, and he, he scribbles over it, and it, I think it's an address or a telephone number or something like that. Uh-huh. When does that ever happen? Oh. Maybe, well, maybe it used to in the 50s when people used pens and pencils, I don't know. But yeah, uh, but yeah these days it kind of feels like, no matter how much you try, there's always just some guy with a heart on laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the place you frequent, I suppose. But. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite scene? Actually, the scene right after that scene at Jackie Treehorn's house is one of my favorites where he kind of wakes up or like comes to at the police station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like looking through his wallet to try to figure out who he is. And they find that like drawing or whatever, that sketch. And they also find his... um what is it, Ralph's grocery store, like, super saver card. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's the only thing that he has that has his name on it. <laughs> that's also, like, a is that very... Real, is that Ralph's the real 
supermarket or is it i don't know it could be in california for sure because like all the other references to places which maybe it's just the in and out burger now that i think about it but that one's real yeah so it's totally possible that that's like a west coast food supermarket yeah, chain there's quite a lot of references in it that i had to double check because i wasn't familiar with when he goes to see the guy in the iron lung and he said that he's written the tv show that, is that real the branded tv show is a real yeah i had a look it's um it's an old western I mean, I've heard the name of that show, but like, is that the dude that wrote it? No. They, okay. No, they made up that character, but the TV show is real. Yeah. But I've never seen it. The TV show, I think it was 50s or something, like a West cowboy. That whole scene is so random. Yeah. Like walking into that guy's house and he's in the iron lung. Like, what is the point? What's the point in anything? I know. And that's, <laughs> it's so, yeah. No, I do love that as well because Walt was asking him, is this your, is this your homework? Yeah. It's kind of like the only line of questioning he's thought of. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, lo I love the blink of view of him going in thinking that, that he's just going to crack straight away. Yeah. And then he kind of gets face to face with it and realises he's out of ideas. So, <laughs> so he just goes on a mad rant about Nam and stuff. And then goes and smashes up the car outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you in the US when it first came out? Um... Yeah, for sure. Have you lived in LA? No, never. No, no. But you've been a lot. I'm yeah, yeah, I've been many times. Um, but yeah, I was. Well, when did the movie come out? Actually, late nineties. Uh, Ninety eight, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in Kansas then, and I definitely didn't know anything about it. Or what year did I graduate? Hold on, I'm really bad at math, <laughs> as said before. Yeah. Actually, I guess I probably watched it the year after it came out. No, I graduated from college in 2007, so that's definitely oh, not okay, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you saw it on DVD as well. It... Plus in 1998, I was 14. I was not in college. <laughs> okay, so I didn't watch it till probably like about 2000 and, ah, I don't know, four, yeah. five, something like this. Yeah, so like 10 years later, maybe. And did it already have a cult following by the time you've watched it yeah that's what i don't really know um i'm guessing so because it seemed like everyone that i talked to about the movie after that knew about it and i actually joined a bowling league um like maybe six months after no watching shit, it for really? the first time yeah i was dating this guy and he was on a bowling league and actually, yeah, The Big Lebowski came up all the time. And I have a feeling this bowling league started because of the movie. Because, I mean, before that movie came out, it wasn't like a cool thing to do. Like, mm. it was like a group of bartenders basically coming together and bowling. And I have a feeling like they might not have done that if it weren't for the movie making it like cool. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but who knows? Because it's like one of the only sports where you can just chill, like sit down most of the time drinking beer and like maybe eating a hot dog or yeah. whatever so maybe it is perfect for bartenders they used I, to reference it quite a lot i mean yeah like while we were bowling for example we would drink white russians sometimes <laughs> so look at those guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah where i grew up is a bit of a village but not far from that is a town with a bowling alley so we used to go not because of this film but when we were i don't know 12, 13, uh, but it was mainly to go on dates. Oh, there was, there was, sexy. Yeah, there was pretty much <laughs> naff all else to do. It was either go to the cinema or go bowling. Yeah. 
you know, you can't just go to the cinema all the time. Yeah. You've got to keep them interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, were you only good at bowling? Um, I remember getting a turkey one time. What's that? It's when you get three strikes in a row. Uh -huh. And then, you know, like when Mick Jagger used to dance around the stage, like and do his little like chicken wing yeah. dance. We would do like the turkey dance, like the Mick Jagger dance whenever you got the turkey. So I remember like, it was like a year or two after I joined the league, like I finally got a turkey and I got to do like the Mick Jagger Smashed dance. Smashed on white Russians. Yeah, for sure. We got really wasted every time it was bowling league night. Do they call them white Russians in the States? Yeah. Or is it Caucasian? Because he keeps calling it Caucasian. That's <laughs> true. That's super weird. Yeah. No, they're called white Russians. Yeah. Yeah. At least in Kansas. But he calls them white Russians, no? In the movie? It's mainly Caucasian, I think. Oh, really? That was, well, that was one thing that I thought last night. Because I've, I've well, never, everywhere that I've been, I've never heard them call it. Yeah, them. but that's the the beauty of this movie as well, is like all the different, you know, creative language uh, yeah, that they yeah, use. Yeah, slang and stuff. Yeah. Have you been to that Big Lebowski bar in Berlin? No. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, in, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, really. It's like Friedrichshain, so you know, it's just a pain in the ass to get anywhere to or from there. Yeah. We went in there. Uh, we went in there for a mutual friend of ours' birthday, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, Who's it? Carly's birthday. Oh. And it was really funny because the guy behind the bar was the anti-dude. Really? Yeah. It was, was top-class Berlin hospitality. Oh, God. You know, it was So like... he was like a Jeffrey Lebowski. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> what are you blabbering about? Um, yeah, yeah was, I think there was maybe 10 of us. Everyone ordering white Russians, of course. You work in a big Lebowski bar, expect people to order white Russians, but he was, like, so pissed off that people would just... Are you him. serious? I think, yeah, because oh everybody else in there was ordering just spears or whatever. Typical. Typical. <laughs> uh, they weren't even good white Russians. Yeah. They were They were pretty similar to the to the dudes, to be honest. The, the ones that he makes just kind of look like there's no panache to it. You, you don't get like the little sprinkles of chocolate on top and stuff. Like, no, you go to a proper he's, cocktail bar. he's modest like that. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Wow. But what else did this bar have? Was there a bowling alley inside? Because well, you do find that in some Berlin bars. You there's do, like yeah, downstairs, yeah, yeah. like there's these old bowling ones. Have you been to one of them? Yeah. They're cool. Yeah. It's pretty funky. Uh, no. Pretty much the only thing they had was. I think it was a picture on the wall. I think they had a picture and some bowling pins on the wall. And then that was it. Like the decor, the staff, <laughs> nothing. Oh, that's really unfortunate. All. Yeah. But I was looking around at these big Lebowski bars everywhere. Or in a lot of cities. Yeah. Have you been to one? No, never. Yeah, I think after that I'm going to cut it, cut it out. Or find a better one. Or find a better one. Maybe we should take a road trip. Oh, through the states. I mean, that's where they've got to be the best, no? Yeah. I bet there's some banging ones in LA. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I had a question written down here that I wanted to ask you. Um, much like the dude bringing Eastern philosophy to the West, you're kind of doing a similar thing with yoga. Have you ever looked into Taoism or have any of the teachings, let's say, from the film influenced the way that you teach yoga? at all yeah that's um interesting i i would definitely say yes the dude's philosophy inspires my teaching but it's it's not something that's like conscious <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it's just because i've watched the movie so many times that it's it's just a part of me but 
Um, yeah, it's interesting, this, um, this link to Taoism. Actually, how did you hear about that, the Big Lebowski being linked to Taoism? I'm curious. Funnily enough, me and Stuart, who was on the other podcast, who was yeah. pissed off about this one, <laughs> we, after watching the film, we were looking around and some guys started a religion. Uh, Dudism. Yeah. yeah. So we joined. So we, Are you serious? Yeah, we joined the Church of Latter-day Dude. <laughs> And we're fully ordained Dudist oh. Whoa. priests. Yeah. So if I get married, you could... I could officiate a marriage. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think only in the States, but... Uh... But doesn't the guy live in Thailand? Who, the guy who started it? Yeah. I've no idea. I think he does. Um, I've, I've heard about him, too. <laughs> He's kind of famous. Yeah. <laughs> and then you love the <laughs> um, Yeah, so we joined that, and then on the website, it was just saying what the background of it is. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, brought up Taoism. Oh, I've never looked at the website. Okay, well, I mean, I'll give you my, my take on the film and how it relates to Eastern spirituality. I don't know so much about Taoism. Um, there actually is a style of yoga called yin yoga that's based on, on Taoist oh, principles. Yeah. Um, but as far as I know, Taoism is about... Well, basically, Confucianism came before Taoism, and Confucianism was like you could kind of draw parallels to that, and like Walter's character it was like really about following the rules of society and like being really moral, and like everyone has their place and their role and like what to do. And then Taoism came after that, and it was like a a rebellion to this like kind of classist system where it was more about the individual and it was more about following your own path. So the Tao, there's this book that's like their Bible, the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. And the Tao means the way or the path. And so the whole thing was like, you kind of forge your own path. And so this is very like dude, like, you know, whereas like Walter was like, you know, always talking about Nam and like following the rules. And like when he like pulls the gun on Smokey for like having his toes over the line or whatever. So, and then the dude is like kind of the anti-version or like the balance of that like the opposite of that um so i see that as being like a little bit of Tao in the movie where it's like he's he's just not really following the rules of society he's kind of a bum you know like just doesn't really care about social norms but for me the movie is way more buddhist which came i think after Taoism. and yeah for me there's a lot of Buddhist themes in the movie like the fact that it has no plot and like everything that happens in the movie is like you realize later that it it wasn't what they thought it was the first time so like when you learn for example from Maud that like her dad is a a fake he's not a millionaire Mm. Mm, when you learn that Bunny wasn't actually kidnapped um, like the ringer that Walter is throwing is just full of his dirty laundry. And then also like what the suitcase that Jeffrey Lebowski gives to the dude also maybe wasn't full of like a million dollars. And there's all these examples of like emptiness where like these situations come up and you think they're super important. You're like, oh my God, buddy got kidnapped and blah, blah, blah. Like there's a million dollars that got stolen all this stuff happens and then later you realize like none of it mattered like none of it was true none of it was right and this is kind of along the lines of emptiness in buddhism where everything is like working together so there's this interplay of like themes 
and standing on their own, like all these situations are completely meaningless. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of Buddhism in the movie. Mm. Yeah, I see. I mean, clearly you've read way more on the subject than I have. I think I always thought Buddhism was a lot more regimented, which is, I guess, why I always associated the film more with Taoism, for it being more floaty, flowy, if that makes sense. Just less of a direction, if you get what I mean. Mm. Have you read Taoism? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've read the Tao Te Ching. And yeah, I would say like this whole emphasis on individuality and minimalism, like you see the dude is like super minimalist. I would say that's definitely more like straight out of the Tao. But yeah, there's this other like overlying theme of Buddhism besides emptiness, which is interconnectedness. Like everything is connected. And I also love to think about like, like the rug as being a metaphor for that. Like the rug introduces like so many different characters and they all come together because of this rug, right? So like the Germans, like, and the people peeing on the rug and leading to Maud um, and all this stuff happens. Like basically the entire movie unfolds because of this one rug. So it's like, yeah, just everything is interconnected and all the connections that, that the dude has throughout the movie, it's because of this one thing that is seemingly meaningless. You know, you're like, who cares? It's a rug. But I think it's a really nice example of just how everything is linked to like one, I don't know, just one greater theme, you know, in life. The other thing with the interconnectedness as well is how people reference each other's lines or what what (laughs) people said, like, Someone will hear somebody say something. I suppose the big one when, is when um, the dude hears Maud say, uh, to use the parlance of our times. Yeah. And then when he goes to see Jeffrey Lebowski later, and he says, you know, she's a trophy wife, to use the parlance of our times. It's like completely misuses it. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of instances where people um, yeah, use other people's lines. And, yeah. Take it easy, dude. Oh, yeah. I know that you will. Yeah, well... To do the binds. As is now tradition on Flicks and Scoops, I ask the guests to give the film a rating out of five scoops. So it's similar to the star system. Mm-hmm. It's the same as the star system, oh, okay. but instead of, instead of stars, we use scoops. Yeah. So out of five scoops, Jess Rose is going to give Big Lebowski... You know it's going to be five scoops. Yeah, we spoke about this before, that if a guest picks a film, it's most likely that they pick that film because they really like it, so they're inevitably going to give it five scoops. (laughs) That's kind of a good point. It's a good point, but I'm determined to find somebody who's willing to pick a film that they don't give five scoops to. Oh. So the, uh, the search goes on. Okay, I'm sure you'll find someone. Hopefully. You run in those circles. Lots of film critics. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it five scoops and some like sprinkles on top. How about that? Yeah, just to mix it up. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got anything you want to plug before we go? The dude abides. (laughs) That is my my life plug. (laughs) From working with her, I've realised Jess is terrible at social media. So I'll (laughs) I'll give a little hint. Where can we (laughs) Where can we find you? Do you have a website, for example? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's a really good website, so you should check it out. It's JessRose.yoga. 
and Facebook, Jess Rose. Jess Rose Yoga. Instagram, Jess Rose Yoga. Really easy. Yeah, yeah, triple threat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you might even see some stuff from me on there. You'll see a lot of stuff from from Ash, actually, in all three platforms. Ash is all over my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to use the palms of our time. <laughs> uh, okay, sweet. Thanks so much. See you soon. See you, see you later. Bye. 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 <laughs> my compliments to the chef. The chef of listening. You are the chef of listening compliments to you so thank you for listening bop over to flicksandscoops.com for all my ice cream recipes and film stuff and i'm on all the usual socials it'd also be very kind of you to give us a five star rating on apple podcasts and comment which film you'd choose and what ice cream you'd pair it with it'll help getting the podcast out to all the other five people who want to listen to it next time i'm sitting down with self-christened cool guys and hip-hop producers natter Natter records They joined me to talk about the film 8 Mile, Ice Cream and the hardships of growing up in the suburbs of Sheffield. See you next time on Flicks and Scoops. Now it's time for Ice Cream. And you can get it right here. Ice, 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 ice cream.